And now, National Post columnist, journalist, and award-winning author, Christy Blatchford. Well, I think it's the right decision. You can't have it both ways. Brought to you by Aaron Waxman and Associates. Questions about your long-term disability claim? Call Aaron at 416-661-4878. Ryan Doyle, Matt Gurney with you here on The Live Drive. I'm going to say that if I had to put money on where Christy stands on this one, I'm going to say she's on your side, Matt. I, I would welcome her support as always. I have not uh, been able to listen to y'all, so I have no idea what you're talking about. We're talking about the uh, people who are mad about this photo of a London, Ontario police officer using his cell phone while driving. Uh, it is legal to do so. I feel that there is a, a case to be made that it's bad optics, it's bad PR, and that if you uh, live in a world with do as I say, not as I do, you're not going to have many people that are going to follow that law. So I think there might be time for a rethink on this one. I don't know. Um, I think then I am probably on Matt's side. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, part of the agreement we make with police is that we allow them certain privileges that we don't have, chief among them, of course, to use lethal force mm -hmm. if justified. And, you know, I guess I didn't know they were allowed to talk on their cell phones, uh, but it, it makes sense to me that they would, that that, that would be okay because they're busy, they're answering the radio, they're, you know, probably don't all have Bluetooth, and you guys don't want to pay for Bluetooth. Taxpayers probably yeah. don't want to fork over. Christy, as it turns out, you and I are actually 100% in agreement, because those are most of the same arguments I made, Excellent. too. You know, the idea that we're going to take a guy and say, here is your Glock with 14 hollow point rounds, and here is your turbocharged vehicle that you can drive on the wrong side of the road at a high rate of speed yeah. and shoot someone with, but goddamn you, if you answer a phone call... I, I'm sorry, Ryan. You know what? I don't disagree with you, Ryan, that it's bad optics. I'm not sold on that we need to call the legislature back for an emergency session. I didn't here. say that. Though. No, I, but I, come I think on. that every now and Change then you, the can, law, yawn. You, you can look, Christy, at some of the things that police officers are allowed to do that we've given them the power to do and, and maybe say this one at this point in time might not be worth keeping on the list. Well, maybe. Uh, God knows. Uh, it, it must be just a lovely time to be a police officer, um, <laughs> not even counting the serious stuff, uh, but just the fact that at any moment someone is going to be filming you, you know, waiting for your misconduct or your alleged breach of something. It, it uh, Well, it, to a lesser degree, it applies to all of us, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I want to uh, move on to uh, another part of the the legal system and the justice system. Canada's prison watchdog is calling for tighter legal restrictions and greater oversight over solitary confinement as two more cases of suicide in segregation have hit the spotlight. Uh, is it time for a, a complete overhaul here where maybe we don't segregate people quite as much as we have been? Well, sure. I, I think any sensible person knows that segregation only makes things worse uh, in the long term. I mean, sometimes I think prison officials have to be able to use segregation short-term to separate, you know, inmates who are acting out or causing riots or whatever. So except for that short kind of stay, yes, I agree. But the, the larger problem is that there are so many people in prison who shouldn't be in prison and should be in a mental hospital instead. And the, the suicide, one of those suicides uh, of the woman in uh, uh, Kitchener at the Grand Valley Institution was a was a really sad example of that. I mean, she was really unhappy and screwed up, and, you know, they had her on suicide watch just shortly before she actually killed herself. The correctional officers knew it. They didn't want her taken off suicide watch. The senior prison brass and the shrinks disagreed and thought, you know, she hadn't actually harmed herself you know, over the long weekend, whenever it was in June, um, 
or July. So they took her off suicide watch, and the first chance she got, she killed herself. I mean, she shouldn't have been there. She should have been in a mental hospital getting help, a psychiatric institution. Instead, she's in prison. Christy, it strikes me as what a particular kind of hell it must be to be the loved one of someone behind bars in the correctional system with a mental health issue. Because people, once they're in the correctional system, as you know, as you know, Christy, you know this better than I do, they are out of sight, out of mind as far as the public's concerned. The public doesn't care about the conditions inside the correctional facilities. They might say that they do, but I don't think they really do. And if your only recourse is to go to the courts, well, good luck with that one. They'll get back to you in eight or nine months. Yeah, I mean, look at Ashley Smith, the most famous yep. case. I mean... Ashley was a chronic self-harmer. She would tie ligatures around her neck sometimes a dozen times a day. And the guards would rush in and subdue her, and it looked very violent. But they were subduing her so they could take the garrote off her neck and save her life. Um, she, sh- she, was, she should never have been in, in a serious federal prison. She should have been somewhere else. So until, you know, I appreciate what the correctional investigator says, and I appreciate that you know, at coroner's inquests into, say, police shootings. Uh, The police and the correctional guards come under incredible scrutiny. But the mental health people get a free ride. Nobody looks at them. Almost all of the people who have been shot by police in this province have had psychiatric histories, have been in and out of mental hospitals. We have to fix that piece and not keep throwing it at the door of the police. Very quickly, your take on this speechwriter for Donald Trump's company who who says she made a mistake, apologized for using passages from the 2008 Michelle Obama speech in the Republican Party convention speech delivered by Trump's wife, Melania Trump. Should she have been shown the door or were they right to give her a cut her some slack and give her a break? I have no idea. But the, 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 the (laughs) the message that comes out of that is that she knew the passages were from Michelle Obama's speech, some of them, and... Uh, Mrs. Trump knew because she was the one sort of saying these are the this is the kind of tone I'd like you know when when uh, Mrs. Obama said this uh, I liked the sound of that and I mean so they both knew yeah uh, I mean it's insane make America great again and make great speeches yeah let's just have one ordinary good speech that's what I'd like to have just one I'm sorry (laughs) totally unreasonable I know Christy, thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Christy Blatchard of the National Post, of course, brought to you by Aaron Waxman and Associates. When your long-term disability claim has been denied, email awaxman at awaxmanlaw.ca.